Welcome to the Dreamers and Doers podcast from Ariaka Networks. We invite thought leaders from all over the world for candid and insightful conversations. Today on Dreamers and Doers, part one of a special two-part feature, what's a company like Ariaka doing in the secure access service edge space? <laughs> Buckle up, my friend. I think you'll find it all ties together rather nicely. Hugo Vliegen will be joining me in just a moment, but here's the skinny. Networking and security are in the midst of convergence, and one of the key focal points of that convergence is Secure Access Service Edge, better known as SASE. It's become one of the key discussion points in the tech industry these days, translating into a cohesive framework combining SD-WAN and application performance with a variety of security technologies such as Secure Web Gateways, Firewall as a Service, Cloud Access Security Broker, better known as CASB, and Zero trust network access. To that end, Ariaka Networks is expanding beyond its SD-WAN roots and is making powerful moves in this converged networking and security space. I'm your host, Ken Presti. In part one of our two-part podcast, we'll discuss the technology and market dynamics with Hugo Vliegen, Ariaka's Senior Vice President of Product Management, Networking, and Security as a Service. In part two of the podcast, we'll visit with Ariaka Channel Chief Craig Patterson to talk about the go-to-market aspect, as well as the opportunity for indirect sales partners. So let's be dreamers and doers. Hugo, thanks for joining the show. We appreciate it. We're here to talk about Secure Access Service Edge, better known as SASE. You can't swing your arm without hitting something in the SASE space of security these days. And we're here to dissect this a little bit from the point of view of Ariaka and also your partners and customers. Let's start out here. What do you see as the key components of SASE, because it's a lot of different things all at once, most of which we have heard of before, but they're all coming together in kind of a unified framework. SASE was created because people realized that networking security could not live separately anymore from each other, right? And they had to converge. Now, there are a bunch of technology involved at the networking side and the security sides, and a lot of these technologies people have heard of, like SD-WAN, WAN optimization, uh, route replication, and at the security side, uh, DNS filtering, the secure web gateway, firewall as a service, CASB, all these things are being uh, captured under SASE-based technology. But the essence of it is that uh, security and networking have to be converged. And the reason why is that applications have to be able to live anywhere, right? In the DC, in the cloud, and users have to be able to live anywhere, whether they work from home or they work from the office, and it needs to be very flexible. That resulted in the fact that network and security have to live together, right? They have to be converged. Okay. But the problem with what I see in SASE is, and I've been talking to a lot of people about this over the course of the last six months to a year, people tend to look at it as more of a security function than an application performance uh, function, that the application side and the networking side just seems to get lost in the shuffle. Why do you suppose that is? I think it's a little bit that, um, you know, cloud security and SD-WAN, they had their own journeys, right? Both technologies were uh, invented roughly 10 plus years ago. And SD-WAN was invented in order to 
take care of the very high cost of MPLS, especially if you look at MPLS compared to the cost of the internet. It was a huge delta, right? And as the event came in and trying to fix the cost issue, the folks in the beginning were not as much focused on cloud security integration or they were not as much focused on performance. Now, at the other end, uh, cloud security was created because of the fact that security has to be had to be become more distributed because workers started to work from home, but as well Wi-Fi enabled basically uh, the breakout from users to to the internet more and more, right? And so that pushed security down into the branch office and even down within the homes. But that doesn't make sense. That doesn't work. Security doesn't scale that way. So. Cloud security was basically invented to deal with the distributed nature of uh, uh, security. And the start was to try to figure out how to protect the internet. And that's how cloud security was created. And that was cr created an isolation of the SD-WAN problem, right? Mm -hmm. And then over time, people realized, well, the things have to uh, be integrated. SD-WAN has to figure out how to deliver high performance to people at home and high performance to the cloud at a very agile manner. And at the same time, the cloud security guys started realizing that, well, I need to work with the networking guys in order to enable security applications everywhere, right? So I have, it's a little bit of the history and people now facing with the problems that <laughs> security and performance somehow need to go together. And there is as well a starting to be notion out there, if you listen to the analysts like Garner, that SD-WAN is actually the foundation of, uh, of cloud security of SSE. Yeah, and I think that really pushed the cloud to the next level because there were a lot of people early on who were very concerned about the security aspects of the cloud. Uh, and SD-WAN and some of the other technologies that you just talked about really made a difference there. So if I look at Ariaka, I recognize the company in terms of being a networking company, SD-WAN in particular. Um, your journey on the security side is actually in the fairly early stages. Why is it that a company like Ariaka moves into SASE and how, can you, how do you do that coming to it from the networking side of the house? Yeah, so one is, is that the Ariaka was started 11 years ago from a viewpoint that the network has to be delivered from the cloud, that functions like WAN optimization needs to be cloud delivered, as well as that MPLS has to go. You have to figure out how you can build a higher performance network without MPLS. And you know, the traditional SD-WAN solutions still need MPLS in some fashion, right? If they want to deliver that high performance, but that results in a lot of complexity and that fact with the cloud, MPLS results into uh, more latency because the connection points between MPLS and the cloud are not that optimal. Now, for IACA is that customers are moving, customers are realizing that security networking have to come together. So as a company, uh, we have to, you know, you know, up our game in terms of embedding uh, security, which is just a logical consequence of what customers want. They realize that it has to come together. Uh, and as Ariaka, we are very fortunate that we build a very scalable uh, uh, network delivered from the cloud. So we have the architecture that basically plays and embeds security wherever we want it. And not just cloud delivered, but as well on-prem, right? Because we have a lot of uh, edge infrastructure on-prem with our uh, CPE, but we as well, we own the POP infrastructure. 
uh, where we provide, we are very good at orchestrating not only network functions and security functions. So the market is actually bringing us where we need to be, where security and networking have to live together and sold as an all-in-one solution. From a security perspective, you've uh, made some moves in terms of acquisitions on the security side of the house. I know that you also have a number of fairly high-profile technology partnerships with some key vendors in that space. Walk me through that. Where does that stand? Yeah, so there is one element, there's a recognition of Ariaka that if you participate in the security market, right, where you deliver networking security nicely integrated, that there is already an existing footprint of security players within uh, our customer base. So in all, by working with uh, different security providers like Palo, Palo Alto and Checkpoint and be able to integrate with cloud security functions from Cisco and Zscaler and Prisma, we basically provide the customer the ability to keep their existing technology in place and to have an elegant migration path, right, where you enable choice. At the other end of the spectrum is that we are doing these acquisitions because you can actually drive a lot of efficiency by bringing security and network natively together in a single architecture, right? It means that things like creating integrated portals to reduce latency by having security and network together, uh, that provides as well a, a lots of benefits. But obviously we recognize there are basically two streams. We are making investments around embedding security, uh, especially the more mature aspects of security, right? Because firewalls as a service and DNS filtering and antivirus and IPS are very mature technologies. And then at the other end, we provide customers migration options by working with the, the likes of uh, Palo Alto and, and Checkpoint. But there's another aspect to it is that our vision is that there's a lot of innovation happening in the security space, especially in terms of new algorithms, inspection technologies to figure out where attacks are, right? And take care and block these attacks or remediate these attacks. And we are really looking at integrating, uh, you know, the uh, capabilities of those companies and bring it into our infrastructure and to provide, again, an all-in-one solution which provide a lot of best of breed functions which can come across the industry. Hugo, what would you say are the key market segments that are really adopting this vision? Um, obviously, everybody needs security from the largest enterprise down to the mom and pop shop. Uh, but at the same time, not everyone can afford all of the features. Not everyone has the know-how. Um, obviously, whenever you're looking at multiple vendors working together in kind of a collaborative solution that adds a certain level of complexity, where would you say are the the market sweet spots uh, that uh, you and your uh, technology partners are able to address and pursue? Yeah, so I, I see it actually very broadly, right? Uh, you have the, uh, the mid-market with uh, manufacturing companies, retail companies, uh, services companies. I see a lot of interest of having this all-in-one solution delivered as a service because they have limited talent, right? You are able to attract limited personnel in order to handhold all these problems to bring the integration together. So for them, it's a, a piece of efficiency. They understand that networking security have to live together. If you go under the mid-market in, uh, in smaller businesses, that's always, it has been there forever, 
right? So that people are very cost conscious and they, they, they see that network and security have to live together. That's just coming in from limited budgets, limited access to uh, uh, talent in order to integrate these very complex uh, systems. If you go to the very large companies, you will find out that they have very specific problems. You find a lot of separation between security and networking, especially for the very large campuses, the very large offices. But even there, you will find out that if they have service offices, uh, smaller retail sites, right, that they are very interested in solutions where network and security are uh, enabled together because the scale, if you have thousands of small branches, even though you may be able to afford a, a larger IT organization or you can outsource to larger partners, let's say you have the budget to do it, then still the distributed scales of thousands of sites without IT support forces you to have a model where you really can uh, bring these functions together to easily service chain it, to easily orchestrate. And then for those smaller sites, even in these larger corporations, you will see that the SASE model is going to be very attractive. Do you find that the larger corporations are still pretty much stuck in MPLS? I recall like going back, you know, six months to a year ago, we saw SD-WAN at the lower and mid-market end, but the larger enterprises were somewhat reluctant to give up the MPLS because they had it all over the place, uh, despite the, the higher cost of that. Yeah, I, uh, I met with a very large manufacturing company. Uh, a giant company last week, and clearly it's so complex for them to migrate from MPLS to, uh, you know, an internet-only based solution or something like Ariaka. Ariaka has a private, uh, a private secure uh, fabric, right? Uh, for them, it's a huge uh, process in order to to migrate. But then at the same time, for the smaller sites and the home users, they're very eager to have a solution which is far more agile and where they're able to. Uh, replace MPLS by the internet as well. They see a lot of the users are connecting to the cloud anyway, right? And they can get a lot of uh, efficiencies from, from uh, you know, a cost point of view, but as well improve the user experience. So a lot of these larger companies, yes, on the one hand, they have the factories, they have the very large sites. It's very complex for them to uh, move from MPLS to something else. But on the other hand, they have a lot of, they have a distributed workforce as well. They have smaller sites and they start basically, uh, you know, defining the pay, the based on the problem, they're going to use SASE more with internet, more at one end of the business and MPLS, they may keep it for a longer time in some of these larger, more, more complex sites. And to what extent does that distributed workforce complicate matters? Because, I mean, in the old days, a distributed workforce meant you had a bunch of branch offices. Now it means you've got a bunch of branch offices, but you've also got a whole slew of people working from home over, you know, network edges that are not owned by the company or anything like that. Um, how does that shifting environment impact the complexity associated with this migration? It's a huge problem, right? Okay. So... Companies have to deliver the same experience to irrespective of our users' work. Uh, nowadays, a lot of the knowledge workers will be 30, 40, 50% and more of the time working from home. So there's an aspect of productivity. There's an aspect of if you have application issues that how do you quickly troubleshoot them? In fact, actually you want to have a network that is that stable that it doesn't happen anymore. 
And at the same time, you have to weave in uh, security and you do not want to have different uh, architectures, different uh, means to deliver policies to when the worker is at home, when the worker is on the road or workers in the office, it needs to be seamless. And then the, 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 the fact is that you still have to connect to hundreds, maybe thousands of applications, right? If you think about in the old days, you may have may had five data centers. Mm -hmm. uh, now you have hundreds, maybe a couple of hundreds of applications, which are all, you know, you can all most consider them individually as data centers. So you move from five to 10 data centers to hundreds. So now you, the problem is basically multiplied by the fact people can work from everywhere. Uh, people can access applications from everywhere. So how do you control that experience, deliver a great experience in IT organization, and how at the same time you, um, you know, are secure and you uh, comply with all your, all your regulations within the company as well. Hugo, you mentioned a short while ago um, that to a large extent, companies are very siloed. You've got the networking people, you've got the security people. And what we're seeing as networking and security converge is a breaking down of that silo. But at a more tactical level, at, you know, at any given company, you may still see a lot of those silos not only still present, but very much entrenched. How do you work that kind of scenario where you've got those kinds of competing interests, you've got those kinds of, uh, for lack of a better term, turf battles, if you will, both from the standpoint of perhaps the channel partner who is coming to the company to spec out this kind of a solution, and also from the internal people who may be interested in it but have to fight that uphill fight? I think a lot of that is being resolved, right? Um, that's my, my observation. A lot of the customer I see coming in, they already came to the conclusion that networking and security belong together. And as well, organizationally, you see moves being made that uh, they're reporting to the same organization. So I think between when I started with this 10, 15 years ago, a lot has changed already. Uh, it's more a conversation, I think, about uh, migration. Um, how do you get there? Uh, people have to become, um, people understand that things have to become more agile and flexible. And for us at Anarayaka, we are showing that basically we can enable choice and flexibility. Our viewpoint is that the network should be very, very deterministic. Uh, and it shouldn't matter where people connect from, home, the office, the cloud, and where that, why these resources exist, right? And our viewpoint is that we will talk about that we can enable uh, easy migration. Um, the other is, I think we will talk about that security should be able to live anywhere, right? So you should be able to enable security from the cloud and you should be able to enable security on-prem. And then there will be a conversation about not only can you uh, interoperate with other vendors. That's one discussion. The other thing is that uh, security is a moving target, right? So companies are struggling with the fact that you have a lot of uh, security companies, smaller, larger, with a lot of great ideas to um, go after certain attack vectors and have technologies in order to uh, prevent those, right? But the other thing is, is that our approach is to say, well, 
we have an all-in-one approach it's outsourced and it's an extensible system where we under the hood can integrate newer technology in other words if we decide to work with partners or build it ourselves then basically a lot of that upfront thinking who to work with how you integrate it how do you onboard it what experience do you deliver in a port a lot of that complexity is basically taken over by a company like Arioca. Um, and then I think that will that will stimulate a conversation where organizations will realize, well, I can be responsible for my own objectives in my role, right? I'm a security professional or I'm a, an IT professional, WAN professional. You can basically be accountable for your your own environment, but at the same time, you have an infrastructure where you can work together, right? Interesting, interesting. So it all comes down, as it's as is the case with many IT purchases, it all comes down to pain versus gain. There's the pain associated with the migration versus whatever the benefit is on the other side. You've attacked pretty much what the pain aspects are in terms of the... Um, the integration and the migration. Um, and I think you've covered that pretty, pretty substantially. If I go this route as an Ariaka customer, once I get through those initial phases where I'm doing the migration, what should I be looking for in terms of measuring the positive results? And this is going to be something that I'm going to be looking at down the road, but it's also something that I'm going to be looking at in the beginning of the sales process or the purchase process, depending on your point of view, um, to establish the proper buy-in to, to, to get to the next level. What's your take on that? So I think if you think about pain and gain, Right. So if you adopt an Arioca network, I hope you will say, and I'm pretty sure you will say that you live in a much more flexible and agile world. If you want to onboard new sites, uh, move sites, bigger sites, uh, move from no cloud security with cloud security, that the whole migration is much easier. It's not a forklift upgrade anymore all the time. Right. So that's a that's a huge gain, uh, I would say is that as well now you are have an ability that you will see continuous uh, upgrades in services and capabilities. If you, if you look at a network, but as well the, the firewall industry, the security industry, it's so hard to upgrade. Every time if a vendor comes with new technologies, you have to do very complex image migrations, right? You may have to upgrade the hardware. A lot of that in Ariaka is already taken care of in order in our, in our processes. So it becomes more a, an agile experience where you uh, consume software as a service. Uh, so that's, that's one piece, that flexibility, it's a huge thing. Um, there's as well an element of integrated support. Yes, Ariaka provides portals where you can increasingly do things yourself, right? So it's an as a service philosophy, it's a self-service mentality. But in the back end, there's a huge staff of people who can help you with uh, complex problems, right? So you have that extended staff, which who can work with you, as well as our workflows with around security and networking, they're integrated. And down the line, you will see that we are able to involve uh, our offerings in terms of, for example, more observability, more AI and ML, right? In order to uh, catch issues with user performance, user experience, 
or provide logs and information regarding uh, security and threat events. So you will see things are becoming more advanced without for you as a company to make another vendor choice. And for listeners who are interested and want to move forward, what is the best way for them to get involved with Ariaka and to start exploring their options down this path? Well, I would say um, check our uh, website, uh, drop us a line right on our website. Uh, and work at with com. Right, absolutely. Uh, ask for Ariaka with your channel partner and representative and try to... Uh, get a conversation going with our sales team. I think that would be great. Excellent. Hugo Vliegen, Senior Vice President of Product Management, Networking and Security as a Service at Ariaka. Thank you very much for your time today. Some really interesting points and counterpoints on where uh, security and networking converge and how this is really the best thing for the customers moving forward in order to get better performance and better security out of your network. Thank you very much for being here today, sir. Thank you, Ken. It was a pleasure. And thank you for listening to the Dreamers and Doers podcast from Ariaka Networks. I'm your host, Ken Presti, asking you to also tune into part two of this special two-part podcast on the Ariaka SASE strategy. In part two, we'll visit with Ariaka Channel Chief Craig Patterson to talk about the go-to-market aspect, as well as the opportunity for indirect sales partners. Join us, won't you? Mm-hmm.